0: What is up my friends? Welcome to Rebel and Create's Fatherhood Field Notes podcast where I interview incredible fathers gaining wisdom from their stories for you and I to grow in our craft. I'm your guide Ned Shout, father to five kiddos, currently ages 10 to 16 and husband to my rad wife Sarah working on our 19th year of marriage. So yep, I'm in the thick of it the adventure of fatherhood and I'm working daily to rebel against the low expectations for fathers and create a world where fathers know who they are as they show up for their families. You and I have the greatest opportunity to impact our world through the way we embrace our fatherhood role. I believe the role of the father is to serve, guide, provide, protect, and of course, have fun in the messiness of it all. Today's guest is Kirby Gary. Recently, he celebrated 20 years of marriage, father to four rad kiddos. He is an athletic director for a university, and we dig into the idea of sports for our children and how much we structure their lives around sports. Very, very thought provoking. Enjoy meeting my new friend, Kirby. All right, Kirby, welcome to the Fatherhood Field Notes Podcast. How are you today? Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Great to be here. I'm great. Thank you. Yeah, anytime to pause and talk fatherhood, my friends sometimes tease me. That they're like, you sound like you're laughing on your show. And I'm like, I'm just so excited to talk about fatherhood. And it might be because like my day-to-day job is selling insurance. So mm-hmm. it's like, maybe I was just answering some insurance emails like 10 minutes ago, and now I'm here yeah. talking about something <laughs> that I care about like much more deeply. Uh, but here we are talking fatherhood, looking forward to yeah.
1: it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. appreciate it.
0: Yeah. So first question is, you know, a mutual friend of ours, Brad Oates, he Mm -hmm. is the one who had connected us. And so, you know, after every episode I say, Hey, do you know any great dads that you would recommend to be on the podcast? And Brad said your name. Why do you think in ask that question, you would come to the top of his head for two or three names out of everybody that he knows?
1: Gosh, you know, we had just we had we were probably just coming or, or experiencing kind of this peak COVID experience of mm-hmm. of being out and about with our kids. And this, in this case, my two boys, his two boys, um, just getting out and being active at a time when people were shutting down and staying home. And, and so we were doing everything we could, I think, to get our kids out and about and also experience something that we could do is one of the one things that didn't wasn't shut down. You could always find a place to go skate. Um, and then we just connected while while the while the boys were were um, were skating. So I so we just got to share thoughts and experiences and background and and uh, I think that was all centered around our boys at that time mm. for sure. Yeah,
0: love it. Okay, cool. So to help my listeners better understand who who I'm talking to here, I got a couple yeah. random questions to get started first. Yeah. How old do you find yourself today? Forty nine. Forty nine. Nice. 49. At the end of this. Yeah. Like little window. Okay, so great question. Yeah. Uh so I'm 39 and I and I had a podcast conversation yesterday with a guy who just turned 40. So I was asking him mm. was there any shift, you know, like going from 39 to 40? Now I know it's just like it's yeah. another day, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But like <laughs> mentally, was there this shift in going into this he's entering now his 40s? So two questions for you that you okay. could help us with is one is there any mental shift you're having or thought about moving into your fifties? Okay. Mm -hmm. And then second, what advice would you give to a 39 year old that's about to jump into their forties? Wow. Um, First one is uh, I'm really
1: trying to figure out how to take better care of myself um, Mm. and, and, and carve out time for myself from whether that's a fitness level or diet, or I just have all of a sudden this urgency that I've never felt before that um i want to be around a lot longer and be able to experience and be active with my kids i obviously i mentioned my boys are 17 and 16 i have 13 and 10 year old girls so they're all of a sudden i mean for what it's worth i've had this um this sense for figuring that out carving out some time for myself to be the best father i can and what the, the parts of that that i value are being present and being out there with my with my kids so So that's the one that's kind of new, honestly, within the last month or two of uh, I haven't figured it out yet, but I'm having that conversation with myself.
0: Um, So a question in that question in that is, has it just always been that if your kid wants to go play basketball, I mean, because of your job, which we'll talk about, that you've always just been able to go outside and run and play kickball or maybe jump on a skateboard or whatever. That's always been there. And now it's becoming I don't know what the word is, but like might have to do some work on myself to continue yeah, to do that. I think it's
1: I, I think it's just wanting to keep up. It's not that I'm not. Um uh, and, and maybe I'm just not I'm not jumping in participating as much as I maybe would have earlier in my time <laughs> or earlier <laughs> years. So I do a lot of watching and observing and I think they love that and support it. Um but you know now that now that one of them has keys to a car and they can get there on their own, I find myself to be less of less value.
0: <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, I was the totally. I was the
1: Uber driver, no doubt. But um but, yeah, more of it's just like I think just overall health, right? Overall health and wellness mm-hmm. just being we're so in tune to it at home for our for our kids um to try to meet them where they are in that way, um in many ways, but needing to reflect more on myself because I found myself maybe not in the best um mental position or or um in the right mindset sometimes to yeah. meet them and and be be a good father at times. And so you just having more reflection on that. And maybe assigning that to my age, I don't know. But um that that was that's the first thing that came to my mind when you asked about being that age. I think that's what I'm I'm looking at doing and trying to explore more for myself, carve out some time during the day for sure.
0: Yeah. Um, just two thoughts on that. Mm -hmm. Cause I'm, you know, 39, turning 40. My Mm -hmm. my main goal is that I want to look better on my 40th birthday than I ever have before. There you go. like I'm like doing two a days right now. I'm eating pretty well. Uh it's it's interesting. And then the other thing, you know, two things is I just, I've, I've never researched my blood, right? So I, I just am ordered, you know, to get my blood all tested and just get it, get it. Like I have metrics for so many things in my life, but I don't know anything around that. So doing that. And then recently within the last six months did like this body scan where they, you know, tell you like all this stuff about your body. And it was really interesting, but just cool to have a metric to even go off of. You know, like, yeah. like, what is my body fat? Like actually not just, you know, hundred dollars scale. I stand, I yeah. stand on. Um, so anyways, a couple of things, uh, just as we're kind of like entering new decades for ourselves. So with that in mind, what would you say to either your 39 year old self or me, um, uh, yeah. as you are leaving a decade, uh, yeah. and someone else is entering one. I, I think it's what you just said you're doing. I mean, I think, I mean, I think
1: we always get, you know, days are long and years are short. That's what yeah. we, we tell ourselves at home a lot. And so 10 years later, I'm still probably saying the same thing. Um, so I've, I've really started, you're 10 years ahead of me on that piece. Like, do I have an actual, do I have a general doctor? No, <laughs> I need to go get one. Yeah. I don't no. start that work. Right. You just, you, you know, in the world of urgent care and and just taking care of things as they come up each day. We've done that for a long time, so I think you're you're already there. So my best advice is to do that when you're doing it, or sooner. Um, and and I think the, the, my interest in joining you and having this conversation was was just to, to be a lifelong learner, right? To have mm-hmm. this growth mindset yes. that know that no matter what age, you're not going to be perfect. And and being transparent with your kids and with your family about that. And uh, and having them watch you go through that process and, and bettering yourself or being open to repairing and saying, I screwed that one up. I'm going to do better next time around. Like that's to me, I've learned that more in the last few years from my wife than, than I probably ever acknowledged.
0: And so doing that sooner, that'd be my advice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, and then the hope is that some twenty-seven-year-old dads listening yeah, to this right now just starting this exactly. journey, going, "Oh shoot, yeah. let me let me jump up on this." Yeah, um, and that's the hope, right? As these conversations right, allow us to grow. Absolutely. Um, how many years you've been married?
1: Twenty. Yeah, we Dude, just said twenty years this nice. year. Yeah, December. December was our twentieth anniversary, and and we knew each other another, you know, eight or nine or ten before that. So we're going on thirty probably, but twenty wow.
0: years married yeah congratulations Thank that's a, that's amazing and then four kiddos you already said yeah. it but two boys two girls and two boys, two girls. The ages yeah 17 they're 20 boys are
1: 20 months apart you know um best of friends worst of enemies they're 17 mm-hmm. and 16 um both at Pacific Grove high school the girls are 13 and 10
0: okay yeah. all right yes yeah, so i got similar spread i'm my youngest is 10 my oldest is 16 okay. um but yeah. we got surprise twins in there so there's five okay. of five Yeah, so fun. we're close yeah i have 17
1: yeah. and 10, so we got close age range.
0: yeah and then, where does your family live?
1: We're in Pacific Grove, California. Yeah, so we're you know I we're in the Monterey Bay area. We mm-hmm. I, I work at the university here, um, Cal State Monterey Bay, and uh, we lived on campus here in Marina um, for eleven years or so. And as we got closer to the high school age, um, we moved off campus and and uh, rent a home over in Pacific Grove. It's un- amazing. You know, we're a mile from Asilomar and. It, it plays. It, our life was over there. Our school is there. The charter school, our our, our kids have all went through mm-hmm. our, in Pacific Grove. So, um, yeah, I walk my girls down to school every morning, a uh, block and a half to school. So feel pretty lucky to be able to do that. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah.
0: Amazing. OK. And then what is it that you do at the at the school at the university? Yeah, I'm, I'm the
1: athletic director. So I've, I work in I work in college athletics. Um, we've been here at the university for I just got my 15 year pin or whatever. Wow. for being here that long. I haven't been the director that long. About half of that time. So I came okay. here in an assistant role when the university was just um, really starting NCAA athletics. So came here in an assistant role and and uh, found my way into the director role and and just try not to get kicked out. We love it here. It's a growing <laughs> university, still young in the Cal State system, and um, it's been really it's been a really great uh, place for us as a family for sure.
0: Hmm. Love it. All right. So back to some fatherhood questions. Mm -hmm. When did you embrace fatherhood? So was there this moment where either you heard, Hey, you're going to be a dad or you're now a dad or my kids too. And whoa, this matters. Do you remember at any point along that journey where it became significant? Oh, I would
1: say day one. I mean, I think, I would think, um, Gosh. So we were, you know, jo, jo and I, my wife and I both work in college. I like, she's a coach. I well, I was a coach. And then we got married and I worked in, I, I moved into the administration side to make it all work. But um, we were in Pullman, Washington. She was a new brand new volleyball coach at, at uh, as assistant at Washington state university, all of a sudden we're expecting. Um, and we had moved there for her job. So it was mm. like, we're moving, we moved twice really um, in a couple of years for, for her position. And, and the whole the whole i mean it hit me hard because i would that was my deal i was going to be home with noah and she's going to go do her thing and and continue to you know rise through her career of coaching at the highest level of college and all this stuff so it was it was right away it hit me square between the eyes because before that i probably was focused more on myself and my career and what am i doing and and uh i fully embraced it from that from that moment yeah i was fortunate to spend some real quality time right away Um, almost exclusively with Noah (laughs) as she was doing her thing. Yeah.
0: How did you know, like as a man that you wanted to prioritize being a father over a career, you know, because I mean, our culture tells us, and, and I think even a lot of us, you know, like we have this sense and you had it for like 49. So you're, you were, how old were you when you had your, had Noah? Yeah, uh-huh. or young 30s, early yeah, young 30s. 30s. Yeah, so young 30s. So you had already kind of created this discipline that your life was about athletics. Your life was yeah. about coaching. And I mean, mm-hmm. there's so many out-of-boys in that, right? Yeah. To really make you feel <laughs> yeah. awesome. So do you feel like either A, you had already, you'd got enough out-of-boys in your 20s of like, okay, I don't need it anymore. Or was it just, you knew that this was a higher priority to you?
1: Gosh, I... um. I don't remember having an aha moment It just felt right and i think Mm -hmm. part of it was the um the friendship um and the partnership with jody getting married Mm -hmm. like i think we just had a we had a pretty deep friendship and relationship moving into it not you know nobody's perfect but we're we worked hard to get to where we were and um it just felt right like she had this opportunity um to grow and i guess the perception then which who knows what we feel really about it now but the perception to move up professionally Um, it, I didn't even think twice about moving for her career. Mm -hmm. And then the family piece was, that was bonus. I think that it happened and knowing that it was going to be really hard for her and and to see that, um, women oftentimes aren't allowed or don't take that next step professionally because they, because they end up taking care of kids or they're at home or they take a step back. And I, it just felt right for me to be, I'm going to do this because it just felt right. I don't know any, I didn't know any different. And it it, it goes back to how I grew, how I grew up and the family at home and, um. Yeah, the f- family just felt right, and it, did, I didn't even think twice about it. What did your dad do? Uh, high school teacher and coach. Yeah, both parents are in education. Um, both both parents are from ag families. Both grew up on a, on a farm, in a small town, in South Dakota. So big families. Um, always was a round family. Um, but yeah, when it came to myself, I think most of them live. Most of my I'm one of like 19 cousins on the Gary side, and yeah, and not many leave that area. But so I think, you know a lot of it has to do with Jody. I I mean, for sure meeting someone that I knew, whatever, that we're going to be together. And as the family was starting, we knew we're going to have probably more than one. I was just going to embrace that from the, from the first day. And yeah,
0: I love it. Yeah. And I, and I ask because, um, it's like, could we bottle it up? How do I like, how do I give this knowledge to a 25 year old or 30 year old (laughs) who has their first kid? But I think that there's this wrestle that a lot of dudes have maybe is that innately, yeah, I I am supposed to be this provider protector, which yes. I think in our culture we kind of stumble into that role because it doesn't necessarily yeah. mean the same thing as it did if we grew up on a farm or if we grew right. up in a village or something like that. Yeah, yeah. But it's cool that you were in tune with that. Um, did you have a pretty good relationship with your own dad?
1: Yeah, I mean I followed him around everywhere. I mean I think he was always in in, in and granted it was different time and different part of the country and different profession. So we we felt. I think being in, the, in, the, in that high school environment and sport, it was very family friendly. So we were just always together. And, mm-hmm. and so my mom and dad, they didn't always work at the same school, but eventually they did. So we were just always around each other. But yeah, good, really always followed him around. I was a coach's kid, Jim rat. wherever he was, I was probably. Yeah, Um, didn't hang around with a lot of kids, probably because I was always around my dad and the other coaches. But anyway, that's that's cool.
0: So when you when you think about fatherhood, you know, having boys and then having girls and some of the different stages, what's something that you've learned about yourself? So it's interesting, right? We have these kids and all four of them, all four of your kids are different, but each of them is half of you. Yeah. Um, and, and it's easy to go, yeah, I have conflict with my wife. And then, and like, I grow as a human being if I embrace that. Uh, but then you got your kids and there's things I'll see in my kid and I go, that's all me and I love it. And then there's yeah. things I see in my kid. and I'm like, that's all me. And I hope they don't struggle <laughs> as much as I did or still do. So yeah. when you see your kids as a bit of a reflection of mirror, what are what's something you've learned about yourself through being a dad?
1: Wow, that's a great question. Um, gosh, I I don't know how much I see about myself. I think that you, you, you're so right about the the differences of having multiple kids, and you got four. You're trying to figure out which ones, which or which one you're closer to, or or they're closer to they're and are similar to you. Um, what have I found out about myself? I think probably recognize that I'm more of a, uh, more of a risk taker than people would think of me. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't mean risk in terms of the way I would make it feel like just maybe courage to take, take chances. I mean, um, and didn't not, not, always just this, not, not following the path that people would assume that I would, if, and if that was, I'd still be living in South Dakota, Teaching, yeah, and doing something, doing something very familiar. Um, you know, I married a girl from Southern California um, that I met in college, and and even taking that trip out to California and and being along that journey is different, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not patting myself on the back about it; it just felt right, and so I, and I see I see that in in our kids. Um, but I, I think they get most of it from Jody, but uh, there's a little, there's a sliver in there from me, I think.
0: <laughs> I dig it. Okay. So question for you, cause you've brought it up. Uh, you've said it twice or so, yeah. um, one about becoming a dad and then one about being a risk taker, you know, like kind of going against the grain of what maybe yeah. the Gary family typically does, but you said it just felt right. And I think for myself and I think for a lot of men, sometimes we live in our head too much. Like we're Mm -hmm. super calculated. So this is for me, Ned. shout right now Mm -hmm. is I am trying to remind myself, stop operating in your head so much and operate Mm -hmm. a bit more out of your heart. It seems like maybe you're in tune with that a little bit more. Like maybe things don't make sense on paper as much as they feel right. So I don't know. Talk to me about that for yourself. It seems like you've made decisions more based on how you feel than maybe necessarily always calculated.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I would say that. I would think, I mean, you said it leading with your heart. I think that's the part that, um, I'm certain I learned that from my father and Mm. my grandfather, um, in terms of their example, maybe not saying it, you know, much because it wasn't something we talked about, but, um, uh, the, the feeling right, going more with how it feels and just trusting, I think. And again, whether that was a relationship with Jody or even things with, with, um, with the young kids or even professionally, um, really just being myself and, and following my heart has really hasn't, I mean, it's not always been perfect, but we've landed in a pretty good spot and I feel pretty good about things and I'm grateful. Um, cause I think, you know, the more I, the more you think about it sometimes, and I I know when I was younger, whether that was anxiety, nervousness, and you get out of your, and you're in your own head. Yeah. I, I tend to be real, um, nervous and anxious as a younger kid and, and still, and still I am at times, but, um, at some point you got to let it go your imagination, mm-hmm. some, you know, it, it can take you places that isn't really, isn't real. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and so I guess I found myself in a place that I trusted people around me and I trusted myself. Um, and that allows you to follow your heart.
0: You know? Yes, man. I really hope dudes right now are listening to this <laughs> and, and connecting in the sense of, um, you said, follow your heart. And there just really seems to be a sense of freedom in that. And yeah. you said it wasn't always perfect. And yeah. I think that that is also really a great acknowledgement to go, life isn't supposed to be perfect. I think this like American dream we paint is yeah. this ideal yeah. of this, like everything's going comfortably and swimmingly all the time. But that's yeah. not really an exciting life. Like right? we're supposed <laughs> to struggle and 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 make a decision that wasn't the best decision and then yeah. live with it and adjust and correct. Mm-hmm. And so I just sense a lot of freedom um, in, in just your vibe um and i think that i myself could take that on a bit and i'm sure other dudes could yeah. as well
1: well i think if you don't mind me jumping in real quick Please. so part of that i think the freedom piece just to speak on that I, like when i was before we were married long before it right out of college you're thinking there, what's my career path and i went and i went and was like a assistant coach at my at my high school and worked at a job in my in my hometown yet jody and i were still connected she moved back to la um she eventually got a job up in the bay area at saint mary's college mm. Um as a ma- in a in a master's program in coaching. And I just drove to I just drove out there trying to make it work, you know, and that was me following my heart. And I found myself working at a pizza coffee and tea and and running around Berkeley and living in a house with like eight other people just to be in the same zip code wow. to maybe connect with her. Um and I I'm sure my parents thought I was crazy and didn't know what they, but they trusted me and they believed in me. Um didn't didn't push back at all. And um so that's, that's, a, that just touched a little bit on maybe just breaking away a little bit of what people expected of me because it felt right. Um, yeah.
0: So with that in mind, before yeah. I ask you my next <laughs> question, how do you feel like you will respond when your 23 year old doesn't go the, the current Gary yeah. yeah, way great, and is kind of like doing something that's out of the ordinary yeah. for
1: you all? I think it'll be, ner- I think there'll, there'll be some anxious moments and then, and then you'll, re- we'll remind ourselves or I'll remind myself of, of that trust. Like, and we've done mm-hmm. everything we think we can do to empower them, um, and, and kind of grow this resilient person. We hope, um, that can manage it and know that, you know, we're going to be there unconditionally right or wrong. And so if it doesn't work out, that we'll be right there waiting for it mm-hmm. to help them and pick them up or to celebrate the, the victory if it works out for them. So. You just got to trust.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I love it. So with that, what, you know, you kind of explained it to some level, but, but from your perspective, what is the role of the father?
1: Yeah, it's that, I think, um, you know, it's maybe easier to talk about now than it was to, to, you know, 17 years ago with a brand new baby, but, Mm -hmm. you know, just that idea of, of empowering them, um, yeah, as a father and empowering your kids to find their identity, um, not putting, not putting, ex- not putting too many expectations in, of your own self onto them. And, and, and really, and at the same time, being an example and, and um, modeling, you know, just being open to people and what, what it means to be a, a good person um, in this world. And in the, the, you know, so all the time having that in mind, cause they're, they're watching you. And I think, I, I think I said that in my notes to you earlier, it's just like, this idea that they're not going to remember and recall everything you've said to them over the years. But that example you set on a daily basis is what's really going to, um, whether they know it right away, it's going to really set a foundation for them in life later. So, um, and just, and again, just simply to show up for your, for your kids, you know, and be there unconditionally, you know, Jody and I, Jody really brought that word to me at some point um, along, you know, the path of raising especially our oldest boy through some challenges, like, you know, hard or not hard, um, people struggling or not, like, as long as they know we unconditionally love them, no matter what, that, that if they feel that, um, they'll be okay. You know, you're going to be there to support them through the hard stuff. So,
0: yeah. And, and, you know, if you're a dad listening right now and you've got a, I don't know, let's say a seven to 10 year old, yeah. you know, like you're struggling with, I don't know, sleep and some, yeah. some defiance and things like that. But then there's this shift at a certain point where you got a 13, 14, 15, 16 mm-hmm. year old. And, and it's a shift in like the expectations I put on them. And this unconditional love, where I want them to come talk to me about this mistake they made or yeah. the struggle and finding that balance is really hard mm-hmm. to, to say, like, well, this is this is what we kind of hope the decisions you would make. Mm-hmm. But also at the same time, like I was talking to my twins who are 13 and we were talking about smoking. I don't know if it was cigarettes or weed or what we were we were talking yeah. about something yeah. or vaping. I think it was vaping. vaping. Yeah. And and I I made the comment. I was like, Well, if you were to do this. And they weren't asking me to. We were just kind of having a conversation about it. And I was like, I really have no recourse. Like when you guys leave and go to the beach or you guys do something, like I really can't stop you. Like you're at an age now where you can make these decisions. And it's not like, you know, you're just playing in the backyard and I'm ripping it out of your hand. So as dads and parents, when you have the, there's this shift where, what does that look like then to have a relationship with your teenager? So I love like, that.
1: you I'd love what you just said. Is having that, you know, making these conversations normal for them, like about, about the scary stuff. They might be, you might be scared inside talking about it. Um, you know, we've had, we've had our challenges with the mental health and, and just overall wellness with our oldest, mm-hmm. um, and, and not just him, but just the, the, the family, the family dynamic, um, yep. and decisions that get made, but it's just to normalize the conversation. Right. And I think, so, you know, I know I probably grew up in a time when we didn't talk about what you weren't supposed to do. You know, and right and 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 just having the conversation that we you're we trust you, you know, and if you we hope you make the right decision and there, you know, but that the fact that you're having that conversation with 13 year olds is awesome. It's amazing. That's my that'd be my advice. We try to do that at home. Yeah, yeah
0: and the, the trust thing is interesting because there are moments where um gosh, I feel like something happened in the last two months and I and and a kid did something, but anyways, the whole point was, I said, "Well, this area because you've made this mistake, this area I'm gonna you're gonna have to earn my trust back." Yeah, yeah. and that I think sometimes you got to go. That is the consequence. Yeah, like the, the the way that they feel about it, it's like I could take the phone away for three days or whatever. Yeah. That means a little bit less to them than that. Dang it, I got to earn this back. I I feel that matters. Yeah, and and also for me to express that to the kid without. It being like a shame. I mean, they should right. feel a level of guilt. Yes. I think guilt isn't bad, but to shame them or what, blow up, which I, I'm sure I screw up all the time. Sure. But um, yeah, I, I just like that that openness that you're having with your the kids word that you know that word you just use shame is a
1: big one. Like to, mm-hmm. I mean, that's a and it's, it's it's a delicate line. But we we talk about that home a bit, Jody and I. It's like that you don't want to shame. I mean, these are these are teenage years and things. Mm-hmm happen and you explore yeah. or experiment or whatever it is. And it doesn't, it doesn't mean you're a bad person. You know, the shame, that's a strong word, but there's accountability. There's guardrails. We, we, we have a role to protect them and support. Yes. We talk about that too. We're going yes. to protect them. We talk about screen time and phones and all the time, you know, whether behaviors or being with, you know, one thing we talk about a lot, um, and just reminding them so they know like, gosh, if you find yourself in a position that you don't want to be called me, we'll be there right there. No yep. questions asked. Yeah. We'll be there, pick you up. No questions asked and come home. That's the unconditional part. Yeah, if they're hanging out. with, they found themselves somewhere they shouldn't be, or or even if it went the wrong way, whatever it is, just call us and we'll be there in a second. No questions asked. Right. So there's, um, but to normalize the conversation around that, not hide from it, um, and be courageous enough to have what seems like a really crazy conversation with your thirteen year old. Mm-hmm. You know, before you know, they're seventeen. You know, we've had this kind of clock t- countdown on our eight. You know, when he turns eighteen in April. Like, all of a sudden they're 18,
0: then what? We got no, then what? (laughs) Yeah. You know, so, yeah. Yeah, I, um, I like the unconditional, the we're here, we're here to support you. We're here as guide rails. I do think that as you have, if you have younger kids and you're listening to this, like as you're hearing me and Kirby talk about this, is your kids are gonna mess up. They're going to mess up, you know, and so what then and being prepared for that, then being shocked. And then also, I feel like sometimes my parents, sorry, if you're listening to this, just sometimes either just acted like I don't think anything's happening. So I'm not going to ask. I'm not going to check in. There's this hope that nothing's happening. And I'd rather be engaged in it with my kid uh, to some level.
1: Yeah. Well, I've definitely learned it from my wife, Joey. She's bold. I mean, she'll talk about it. she'll, she'll just, she's always been that way. That's how I probably was talking from the start. Like she was saying, she said things out loud that most people were thinking. She's always had that courage and I'm mm-hmm. um, calling people out or home, people accountable, but in our, in our home, that's been the biggest thing is not to avoid the conversation, regardless of what it is. Um, and not judging based on behavior, behavior at a certain time is totally normal, totally normal right. for a teenager to be having these conversations or right. having these questions or, or doing these things. And it's not a judgment. It's not permanent. Um, it's not, it's not, shouldn't be embarrassing for us as parents. It's not our, you know, yeah. not, you know, it's them, you know, they're experiencing this. So trying to, trying to be in that space with them, um, and make it normal. And so that, so they don't hide things. So they don't, so they're not afraid to talk to you. Yes. Life, super you
0: know? important. Cause I want them to talk to me and not, some other fifteen-year-olds,
1: right? Exactly. You know, Their advised. brains aren't developed. They're, they're not fully. They're not
0: they're, they're not yeah. they're not ready for that. Yeah. So so Kirby, we're already doing it. You know, this podcast is called Fatherhood Field Notes. You've opened up, shared a bunch about your life, about your relationship with your wife, Jody. Mm-hmm. She sounds incredible with your kiddos. Yeah. Now, the mantra behind it is rebel and create, and yeah. this could be something like I'm rebelling against, you know. Um, fatherhood because I didn't have a dad so that I can create this new legacy for my Mm -hmm. family, or I'm rebelling against, you know, having my, my cell phone at the dinner table so that I create nice family dinners. So when you hear the words rebel and create, what's something that you're rebelling against the status quo and why, what are you trying to create out of that?
1: Yeah. Thank you. You know, I think, um, we chatted a little bit earlier. I, I, you know, I can't help but think of my role, um, my position, my job, um and my background, like so, I'm uh, as a traditional of a sports person as you can think of. Coming, you know, growing up in South Dakota and around traditional sports, no access to surfing, skating, mountain biking, whatever it was, and and but being an athletic director and being in this position, you know, I think Jody and I have, I mean, re- I wouldn't have thought of it in terms of rebelling, but that's what it is. Like this, this the status quo of kind of what traditional sports look like for kids. Um, I think I think way too often parents get caught up in. In uh, a one track sport, especially maybe in California where the weather um, um, is conducive to that, whether it's a sport specific approach and travel, you know, pay to play, whatever the sport is, name a sport and there's a it's a private, there's a private avenue to just mm-hmm. do one sport and for that to take up the entire time of a kid and a family because it's the maybe it's the quest for a scholarship at a college because of how american sports is tied to higher education and all that. So that's the world i live in and we've really we've really not went down that path with our kids from the start. Um if it ever looked like we were headed down there we'd just stop and they wouldn't be doing it. So we are really our boys are high school age and they're the first time they're on a real team sport for the most part. We did a little bit of rec soccer, rec baseball. Um, but was in high school, you know, ninth grade, join a team um, and have a coach that's in the school and, and, and someone that we felt was qualified to coach them and lead them in this space. So we've really tried to not put them down this pathway that a lot of people would probably look at me, just me and say, that's what one of, you know, pick a sport. Um, one of my kids would go do that. Or Jody too. Jody's a very successful volleyball player and coach and they, people ask all the time, well, aren't your girls playing volleyball? Well, yeah, in the backyard or at the beach. Sure. But not on a team, you know. So um, and we do that just to keep them open to new things and follow mm. their own heart and passion. And 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 that's how I met Brad Oates. My boys have been skateboarding since they were five, six years old. And I grew up in South Dakota. I mean, I, mean, I don't. <laughs> I, I didn't do it. I have no idea. But um, and obviously where we live, whether that be surfing, we're just fortunate to live in an area you can be outside a lot. So we've just explored and kept time open for our family to be together, whether that's camping and snowboarding up in Tahoe or wherever. So I don't know if that's the the fair answer to the question, but
0: no, um, I mean,
1: people's perception of me and Jody sometimes in this space would be our kids are going to follow this same path. And we really find a lot not so healthy about that path. I'm not trying to judge people that are doing it because it's plenty out there. But I think. I see kids get burned out. By the time they get to college sport, they're either injured or broken or burned out on that sport that they love. Um, and I, I just want people to find find that passion in the sport that they come back every day, loving it to play it for an hour or two or three. If that's a team sport, whatever it is, great. But um, I see it. I see it go the wrong way too often. <laughs>
0: Yeah. I mean, yes, I think it's a total countercultural um, uh, to what I would think you would say, right. As a, yeah. uh, especially with both you and your spouse, because yeah. it it's provides for your career yeah, it it does. provided a it lot does. of joy <laughs> for you guys. I'm sure. Oh, we love it. For yeah. Sure. You love it. Um, you know, one thing that I just find interesting is, is, you know, uh, that your identity I- isn't You're not putting your identity onto your kids that this is what Gary family members do. So I find that really interesting. Um, A lot of security that both you and your spouse have. Um, The other question I have to it is if your 10-year-old just happened to love golf or volleyball or basketball or soccer – and they, they were just like, I'm hungry for this. I want more. Yeah. I want more. Would you allow them or would you, I guess, allow them as a strange word. Would you support yeah. them in that? I want private coaching and I want this. Yeah. Would you allow them to do that?
1: Yeah, we would, uh, we a hundred percent would. I mean, I, I think we, uh, with, with some, with some barrier, you know, with some, uh, we would hold back some, it wouldn't be all in. Cause we, we would, there would be, and they haven't asked for that yet. Um, but, um, Maybe skateboarding with you. I mean, I built every ramp you could think of DIY D- and nice. had, a ramp, had a mini ramp in the backyard. And so I would say we went pretty much all in on that activity, but, um, but there's, there's room for all of it. So our boys can skate all day long or surf and they can still be, a. a high school football player, you know, or whatever. So, but, but yes, we would support it with, with balance. I think there has to be balance. We'd have to find another thing. It wouldn't just be, especially, it's just not age. It's just really not good for them (laughs) to only do
0: one thing. Yeah. And it's not good for the family either. I mean, we just, we finally, I shouldn't say finally, we took a leap and went to Europe for two weeks, just January 1st through 15th. You know, even that, you know, my one daughter is all in on soccer and it's like, okay, you're going to miss three games. Yeah. You know, and so we've always tried to say we don't want it to dictate our life. I don't want to not be able to go camping this weekend. So, you know, from your perspective with that, you know, when you put your kid into freshman football and now he's joining with these kids who've been playing since fourth grade. How do you feel about that? Like your kid's not going to be most likely Number one, maybe not yeah. even starting. Yeah. Like, yeah. what is that level of? Okay, I'm going to come alongside you, and we're going to shoot basket. Go shoot a thousand baskets before bed tonight, or if yeah. ba- for basketball <laughs> as an example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, so how are how do you as a dad show up to support them? Let them struggle, help them succeed. I don't know, kind yeah. of all that whole mix.
1: Yeah, I, I think we've we've tried hard, and it's not it's not perfect, but we've tried really hard to not to really educate and empower this idea that your val their value is not assigned to playing time or Mm. if they love the sport like the 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 idea of of being open to and because they they, they, there's a little bit of toxic perfectionism in our family because they want to be really good at what they do so they spend a lot of time at it but but this idea that the playing time piece is secondary to the growth, the learning, the path. Mm -hmm. Like we've always been about that and the results get in the way. I mean, it's hard even to say Mm -hmm. as an athletic director that the wins and losses, like what, you know, whatever. Well, if we win, we win. But, um, the, that, that journey of, of mastery in an area, which is, takes a long, long time. That's, that's the part, like, that's the secret um, sauce to, to, that you learn, I think through sport, um, is to be, resilient and to keep coming back to something trying to be better and not have that assigned and that's probably why i love the surfing and other things and, and skating like there's no starting lineup anybody can go do it just
0: go do it <laughs> right you know team sports screws that up a lot yeah um, it's interesting because team sports there is something great about learning to show like i committed to this i show up I'm, yeah. I'm learning how to engage how to you know coaches for me and i'm sure for you played a big role in my life 100 percent um yes, yes but then on, on the, the, there's also a lot of freedom in the surfing and skating. I yes. mean, uh, I can just go do it. I'm not relying yeah. on anybody. If something comes up tonight or I don't feel good, I'm not necessarily letting anybody yeah. down. If I don't yeah. go, uh, yeah. you know, my brother and I raced BMX in high school. That was like one of oh, our nice. things. And that yeah. was just fantastic. Cause it wasn't, it was like a crew. We go hang and race, but it wasn't like when I played basketball and had to be at the gym at, 6 a.m. because that was the only yeah. time that the gym was open for us or whatever right. different yeah, yeah. very different. Totally different so how much does you and your wives um uh role okay in your jobs and you may be seeing kids who are burnt out and then who are really struggling with their identity because mm-hmm. their identity was sports and so they thought this yeah. was the track does any of that play into your decision of how you're raising your kids about not making sports such a big deal?
1: Um, For sure. Yes. Um, And I think we just, we've just take it as we come. Like, I don't think we ever um, maybe just were too busy or or busy just being with them or with, you know, working on what we're doing to understand when that was going to come up. But, you know, um, the sport of volleyball is so club specific, a lot of times, and soccer is too. It seems mm-hmm. like, and, and so Jody, being in that space, she saw the all the positives, the positives for sure. Um, and I, I love how you put it: like our livelihood is really dependent on this pro, on this system that maybe isn't <laughs> the, the thing that we love so much. So that is ironic. Um, I think it's just learning, you know, and, and really try to present the options. Cause I'm certain that if, if we had, if one of ours really wanted to go down that world, what we wouldn't get in the way of it, we would embrace it. We try to find some balance in it. Um, but yeah, we've seen, we've seen the negative side. We've seen those that just, you know, a 23 year old college athlete who really just doesn't want to play anymore, you know, or they're beaten or they have a blown out knee or an elbow or whatever it is. And, and maybe they've been doing that their parents, or they, that expectation that this is what I do. Um, it doesn't always have to be that way. But again, that we just try every day, I think in our roles now, Jody, in Jody's world, world with volleyball and things that she still does. And certainly in mine is just trying to point out the balance um, that's necessary because um, all of this is, this is not the, I mean, this is the long game. Life is the long game, like here in college, like we get around, we get to be around our student athletes for four or five years. And that's a very short time in their right. life. Right. Right. Um, but a and, really
0: trans transformational time. Oh, I mean, sure. leaving and, and home, coming to college, yeah. coming to yeah. a new place. Yeah, it's
1: feel. There's a big responsibility. We talk a lot of, about it, and and for our kids to grow up around these younger adults too, yeah. right? We love that. Like we love yeah. for them to, be able to see it. Um, so I think they've been exposed to it, um, the positives and negatives as well, all of it, but. Yeah, wait, there's more to it than just that. There's more to it than just one thing. I think that we've just tried to have a bal- and uh, a balanced approach to all of it. Um, yeah. So
0: uh, yeah. Okay. So I have a question for you about um, your thoughts on how much, not how much, about the freedom for a kid, right? Mm-hmm. So, so a lot of times you'll hear parents say, "Oh, what what sports are they in?" Uh, you really you got to keep these kids busy. You yeah. Know? So so it's like. Okay and and right now we just have this major thing. My kids are really wanting So we moved to Hawaii a year and a half yeah. ago. So yeah. my, for example, my twins were in jujitsu, in surfing, wow. wanting to skateboard and do CrossFit. Wow. And it was like, we just were freaking running around all the yeah. time. And my kids were just like, dad, we just want more freedom for nothing just mm-hmm. to do nothing to, to do whatever we want. So mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on that? Like, over stimulating over um scheduling your kid for sports to the next sport to the next sport to the next sport um versus what they can learn from hey we're dropping you off at the beach or we're dropping you off at the skate park and, and creating creating more space just to be free and not live by a schedule yeah i think probably you know it's a great question. I think we find
1: ourselves in it too like on the on the with the girls we're in musical theater and dance and their 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 ages are just far enough apart that they're indifferent. different they both do the same things but they're <laughs> right on different right. days at different times. Yeah, yeah. And the boys crazy. are doing their thing. So the schedule is hard. Um you know, I think that's that's a it's a classic thing. There's not there's not enough of just open unstructured play anymore. Hmm. Yeah, right? And depending on where you live that looks different. Like right. I grew up with really cold winters and it was all indoors for the most part so play was like an open gym maybe with a basketball for me um that's probably why i've been so drawn and and attracted to the sport of skateboarding through my kids not me i don't skate but i love to take them to it because it's just go do whether it's at yeah. a skate park or a street spot that we found during during you know peak covid like Um, I found myself there just watching and enjoying the fact that it was just something you showed up and did together or you can show up and do with other people and there's no rules and you just Mm -hmm. go do the thing. I don't have a great answer, except that I value it. I think finding that and even even for for coaches of these of sports that if you're a coach of a team, like even if they build that into these these their practices is just open play and less talking, you know, and so they can just play the sport without a lot of, without a lot of, um, instruction. Um, but it's hard over at some point they get to of age and they really love to do something. So you go find that thing for them to do. Right. And then, and then you the next thing, times four or times five for you, you, you just get really scheduled.
0: <laughs> you I get really scheduled. Yeah. Work. And I think, yeah. you know, this realization, cause we've been fighting the twins don't want to do jujitsu anymore. So we actually stopped it for them yesterday. And just my youngest is doing yeah. it. But it's like one of those those things of some I had to sit down and go, okay, everything can't be important. Mm, yeah. And, and maybe this season is just not the right season for yeah. this thing. Yeah. Um but I think if we don't do that as parents, then there's never family dinner anymore. There's never time. I know. There's never yeah. wake up on Saturday and like, let's make pancakes and just do nothing. There's very little of that. And I would say some of the best times with family are in those moments. And so as dads, you have to fight for that. And I think this is like really a a key conversation for dads and parents to hear to, to create more space for that. You don't have to do everything.
1: Agree. You know, and that's where you know I kind of reflect back to. We mentioned Brad Oates earlier when I got to know him better was literally this time when everything, all that was shut down. There were no games. There were no, nobody was getting together. And it, like I didn't, I didn't go to all these events that we have because we didn't have any. But then we just had this time at home together. Um, mm-hmm, those that mm-hmm. were fortunate enough, like my, at least we are, where our family, we were fortunate and very. I'm lucky to be in a place where we could just be together and and not have too many stressors around it. But we found a lot of unstructured time just being together. Yeah, I miss it. But you got to build time for it. Fight for it is a great word. Yeah, yeah you almost it.
0: have to create space, create unstructured space yeah. in your structure of life. Yeah. Otherwise it it will not happen. You'll take a like, go away. I mean,
1: because you want the best things for your kids and you want them to do all these things because they want to do it. And it makes yeah. you, I can provide that for them. We're going to go to musical theater in Carmel twice a week because you love it. And you're so, well, I love watching you perform, but my goodness, it can get away from you fast. <laughs> you know? Yeah.
0: And have you ever had one of these moments where um, maybe you planned camping? And I could think of a specific one for me. Life was just busy. I planned a, a Big Sur to go to Big Sur. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah, I love it there. And yeah. it's like, it just made way more sense on Thursday night to cancel it. But I said, nope, we're going. And the family's irritated because they had mm. friends and things for the weekend. But we made this crest, and when the cold air hit, it was like peace came over everybody, and we had this fine. great four day weekend. Can That's you think amazing. of times where you set aside family time like that, and it just was a great weekend or time of connection? Yeah, I think uh, we've, I mean, again, I, I, you know, I
1: know we're talking fatherhood, and I've brought up Jody's name a lot because she's amazing. Who's I mean, Jody again? Felt- my wife, kidding. yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Jody sounds great. We need to get Jody right. on here. So, but just that idea of, I mean, she would, if if things get too, if I'm not flexible enough in my job right now, yeah. she'll take, she just took three of them to Dodge Ridge. They like get in the car and just go, mm. you know? And enjoy it. We have friends there and and the opportunity to get on the hill and and snowboard and they just do it. So she's done that. And again, you get away from it. And my 17-year-old who hadn't went for three years because he was always in a basketball schedule and you can't take any time off, he went with them, And she was documenting the last time was he was 13, right? And she just, she went on and on about how he was connecting with people. He was playing card games with the younger kids that were there. Like, so we had this for him, like, look at that. Give him space for two days to get yeah. away. From the schedule, yeah. Uh we, we have had those times together, and most of it, most of it has to do with her family lives in or her sister lives in South Lake Tahoe. We spend a lot of time in the Tahoe. We're just fortunate where we live to go be able to get away like that. You mentioned yeah. Big Sur, get to the beach. Like everybody might fight, but as soon as you get there and finally get all the all the the stress out of it and just be, then you're like, oh wow, we could do this more. This would be really great. You
0: know? Yes, and, and I'll tell you, dads. I do think to a big level, this is your role to carve out the time. Like right now, after you listen to this, you could pick a cal- pick a weekend on the calendar 90 days from now, just say, hey, we're going to all go yep. camping or go get a yep. hotel or whatever. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you when that Wednesday before comes around, it's not going to feel right. No, <laughs> it's going to feel right. like there's no way in hell we should be doing this. But if you do it, there's gonna be a connection. You gotta fight it. Fight yeah. through it and get yes. there, and make it happen. I'm with uh, you. Yeah. Yes. All right. I yeah. need to do that too. Um, all right. <laughs> Here's my last question for you, Kirby. This is conversation, has been fantastic. I really think the stuff around sports is just super critical for dads to hear, give a lot of freedom. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this question is a legacy question. So imagine 20 years from now. Okay, 20 mm-hmm. years from now, your youngest is now 30 years old, right? Mm-hmm. Wow. You are coming up on seventy. You are standing, let's say, in a cul-de-sac, peering into the homes of your children. <laughs> what is it that you see being played out in their homes, and 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 you know that based on the way you lived your life, you're seeing something being played out inside their homes. What is that? Gosh, um,
1: feels good to even think about it. Like you just you 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 want to you want to leave a legacy with your kids that they, that they want what they had in some way, in their Mm -hmm. own way. You hope you've created a family structure and an experience and a, and a love for family that they want the same thing, um, for themselves at an older, you know, and have for their kids. So that'd be number one, like they, that they want to feel that, even though the hard, they would also remember how hard it was at times, but they still embrace it and want it. Um, and the idea that they're, um, that they're, you know, just courageous and strong and resilient to to know that. And if we were open enough with them through this journey that we've had with them as parents, that they're they're willing to do that themselves. Um and then and and you know, and just and just pay it back again with family and keep the thing going, you know, because they'll have so much to give and what they learned um as themselves. Um, And so I don't know if that's answering it right. But I just, you know, we want the same thing that we've provided for them, I hope. If they want to do the same thing over, then we probably didn't screw it up too bad, you know?
0: (laughs) So good. Yeah, no, uh, Kirby, so good. I mean, I, I just sense such a freedom in your home. Um, for mm-hmm. your kids to learn and grow with with the appropriate like guide guardrails, if you yeah. want to call it that, but that you created space for them, um, yeah. that you're continuing to learn that you're not pushing your own identity necessarily as far as like the outside identity. Like I'm a yeah. coach, and we love sports yeah. and this family and whatever. A- and I just think that to have that openness for people to discover themselves yeah. while also discovering family, because I do think our current culture has such an emphasis on like self you know um or or like you know independence but really we all desire deep connection and and it and i can tell that you and Jody are very connected setting a great example of a marriage to your kids and yeah. so man i love that you are in the university i love that you are setting a tone for young adults also your own kids and fighting for for what you believe in and, yeah. and it seems like love family connection are those things and Man, just keep being yourself. Keep doing that. I can clearly see why Brad had connected us and and oh, just yeah. so stoked to know there's dads like you out uh, in the world fighting every day. Gosh, thanks, man. I appreciate
1: it. You know, just talking about it with you for this, well, almost an hour, just make, I just, I, I got to do better about talking about it more <laughs> with others. So I appreciate what you're doing because this is brilliant. I you really have a lot to offer.
0: It. Yeah, Yeah. Awesome. Kirby, keep being yourself. Thank you so All much. Right. Until next All time.
1: Right. Thank you. You bet
0: incredible conversation, extremely insightful. I hope this conversation inspired you as it did me to operate more from your heart, to live a bit more freely, and also to consider how much you structure your kid's life, especially around sports. I also want to encourage you to carve out some space for unstructured time. Seriously, right now, stop listening. It's over. Go put it on the calendar now or it may never happen. And I do believe like if you're feeling it, our family needs that. It's your responsibility to make it happen. Lead in that way. My friends, the Adventure of Fatherhood Children's Book to Connect Fathers and Sons has a published date of February 14th. I am so excited. I've been working on this for two, three years And I believe this is going to be a tool to connect fathers and sons. It's going to be a tool to help fathers see how rad they are. Uh, We got the boys version out coming out right now. And then the girls version will be coming out soon after. If you don't have a pre-order yet, go to adventureoffatherhood.com and pick that up. Or you can wait a couple weeks and get it on Amazon. Hook us up and write a review. And then know that we have this beautiful new gift coming for Newer young dads uh, on their first kid, second kid, third kid—that you can go to adventurefatherhood.com, order them a rad gift, welcoming them into their role as a father, which will include this beautiful uh, children's book. So, really, really excited about that. Thank you to all you dads out there listening to Rebel and Creates Fatherhood Field Notes podcast. What you do matters. Don't be like everybody else. Be yourself. That is who your kids, spouse, and community needs. This is your guide, Ned, shout together. Let's rebel against the view that fatherhood has little impact and create lives engaged in mastering the craft of fatherhood. I look forward to hanging out with you next time.